These are the mysteries lurking in small towns. These are the kids that search for the truth. These are the outsiders with unusual powers. These are Fortunes Untold. Welcome to the Fortunes Untold podcast. I'm Davery. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chad. And this week we are once again playing Kids on Bikes. So not to interrupt, no, I go have ahead another confession. Uh-oh. Have you been researching more my out-of-game storylines? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've broken to your laptop and figured out everything that's going to happen. No, no. I did try Jolt Cola. Oh, yeah? And it's horrid. <laughs> <laughs> it, made, it made me feel like the sad 90s and sadness. <laughs> I, I now know why it never made it to the UK. Uh, do you do you feel like you've betrayed your gamer your gamer roots? No, I... Like Jolt Cola? I just... Like I, 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 I like Mountain Dew, and I can drink that. But like Jolt, I guess I'm just not a Jolt Cola kid. Honestly, <laughs> I'm right there with you. It's a little. It's going to sound weird to say, but it's not as like it doesn't have enough acidity, and it's kind of syrupy. Yeah. So I don't know if that was the reason. If it didn't make it over to the UK because it wasn't good, or because you maybe have a little more stringent FDA rules than we do. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it does say. Uh, was it more caffeine, more sugar? Right. <laughs> is it sugar or is it corn syrup? Uh, Whichever. <laughs> I think enough. it is actually corn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> that might be why it didn't really make it to the UK very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't blame you too much for that one. <laughs> but yeah, so we're we're going to be uh, launching into this this new episode, and uh, just wanted to take an opportunity, guys. Got anything you want to say? Got anything you want to do? Any uh, out of character? considerations that you you want to ask me your benevolent gm to uh to factor in um i need waiters it's getting a little deep in here <laughs> the chat do you have anything you want to add no i mean offhand not really i mean it, i'm enjoying it so far i mean i've got a few quibbles with it but we'll save that for the review yeah have uh, either of you ever stolen chicken <laughs> no i can safely say that has not been a life experience no. of mine. okay then we're gonna have to make this one up because i haven't either <laughs> all right well if nobody's got anything i guess we'll just go ahead and start jumping straight into the episode yeah, let's dive in all right so when we left you last week you were in front of the library staring shockedly at a uh, page of a phone book <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. It falls right into the triangulation, which is just a bunch of triangles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Mikey doodling on a map. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's let's go check it out. Let's look around. You know what? I've got an idea. There's a. So I'm assuming the sound has a grocery store. Yeah, it's got a, got a little grocery store. <laughs> like, are we talking like a chain grocery store from the early days, like a Food Lion or a Safeway? Or yeah, exactly. Yeah, something like that. And it's very small. It's probably like part of a strip mall. Not even like the whole like giant super Kroger's that you see. Yeah, today. not for a town like this. No, especially not for this one. All right, let's make a stop. I've got an idea. Okay. And right. uh, Jack will will take off and head for the supermarket. All right. Ma- Mikey actually seeing Jack excited about like doing something with this is less like, okay, like, <laughs> yes. This is not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I am disturbed more by this than I am by the Matigo. <laughs> so yeah, you pedal up to the little store, you know, the one side little sliding glass doors. I'm assuming given the state of the town and the fact that it's the middle of the day, it's probably not busy. No, not busy at all. Um, Jack rummages through his backpack and through his you know, wallet on a chain, which of course he has. Come on now. Right. Mike, do you have any money? He reaches into his pocket, pulls that shiny quarter and goes, I've got 25 cents. That's... He's got 25 cents. You might have a buck 50. Yeah. Uh, How much is a chicken? Probably more than, uh, more than a buck 75. Oh. Even in 1993. Yeah. We need a chicken. Um... um grocery store here i'm gonna say probably does have like a little small prepared like a deli i like it's so like rotisserie chickens and yep exactly they have that and then the side so you can get that in like macaroni and cheese and potato salad and stuff like that you know who we haven't used yet what's that lou uh, oh yeah. you're correct you have a powered character yeah lou can you get us a chicken i can do that <laughs> mikey and it, Jack's going to look around. 
at the at the counter. I'm assuming there's probably like one, maybe two clerks. Yeah, if, if you're looking at the deli, I'm gonna guess there's probably like one 60 year old woman who is not really paying a lot of attention. She's doing like some prep work or something like that. Mikey, go distract her. Lou, Mike? bring me a. See one of those chickens that they're cooking. Yes. Get me one of those, or one that's already done. Bring me a chicken. I will bring you a chicken. <laughs> and uh, and Jack continues to rummage through his uh, through his backpack, and he's doing something. He's not letting Mikey see what he's doing. All right. So Mikey turns right, flicks up his coat collar, and saunters over to the woman. And right. he, Real he, quick. Uh-oh. Yeah. So Mikey's going to try and distract, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Lou is going to try and sneak in there. Mm-hmm. So why, you know, okay, now let's, let's let uh, Mikey do his bit first. Okay. And then we'll let you roll and we'll see how difficult it's going to be for Lou. For Lou. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you, you flare up the collar, walk on over. I would like an ice cream, please. She turns and looks, she goes, uh, those are in the back in the freezers. I need you to tell me which ones don't contain milk? <laughs> what? I'm allergic to milk. Well, and Mikey's kind of like eyes bright, kind of like trying to look his like like you know that kitty cat look. The whole <laughs> very earnest and cute. She goes, I think there are popsicles back there too. Yeah, but I I don't know which ones don't contain milk. Look on the back of the box. It'll be fine. They're back. She points back. She goes, they're back there on the back wall. Where the freezers are. So, so are you going to help me if I go into anaphylactic shock? <laughs> and she just keeps looking. And she goes, "Honey, just go look on the back of the box." <laughs> and Mickey just starts like, he's like, he doesn't know what to do, so he just starts shaking, just kind of like, "But I'm so scared." <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Mikey, go ahead and roll a charm. Oh, wow. um... <laughs> <laughs> I just want a lollipop. I just want to cool down on this hot summer's day. <laughs> He's like having it up. <laughs> oh, please. Jack. Oh, a six. Hey. Plus one, so it's a seven. No, it explodes, so you keep oh, rolling. Yeah. And a five, so oh. it's an 11. That's a tw- uh, So plus one for 12? Oh, no, no, it's an 11 all in, sorry. Okay. I, okay. Do, I always like I always add an end, so it's six plus five plus one. That's so 12. 12. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah that's 12. That. Math is hard. It's hard. <laughs> so, He's only 12. <laughs> so I got 12. Okay. So uh, that is definitely going to be enough uh, to, to explain. <laughs> Thank you for that one. A task where success is impressive. Yeah. So she, she stops and she looks at you starting to kind of like freak out. And she's like, oh, and she kind of looks around and like looks down one aisle, sees that there's nobody there. She's like, oh, okay, okay, let's. It's all right, honey. Let's let's go look <laughs> at your. You're gonna let me die. <laughs> let's go look at the counter. And Why so, do you want to kill me? <laughs> so she starts like kind of walking down there with you. Uh, Jack would be hideously embarrassed if he were actually in the store, <laughs> <laughs> right? So and, like as she's walking in front of him, he's gonna he, he's gonna look at Lou and wink. <laughs> <laughs> Lou pe- Lou ha- like has his hands on the uh, the counter and like peering around the, the side, looking at you. Does the thumbs up and he keeps walking. He goes. Ah! <laughs> I'm so scared. I just want a lolly. <laughs> All right, so uh, Lou's going to have to roll a stealth check. Surprisingly, the difficulty is going to be much lower now. Well, and on that note, Lou is good at hiding, according to the card you gave me. Oh, yeah, that's one of Lou's special abilities. <laughs> okay. So I, given that the lady's wandering off with an insane child, it may not make a difference. Okay, but... so do you want to spend one of the uh, the... Psychic energy tokens to... Yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead and use it because we've not used him. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's throw one of those guys in. And uh, so we'll give him... You'll roll his flight, which we've already established is a D20. And then with that one, say, what do you say? Plus two bonus? Yeah, sure. Okay. We'll go with that. All right. So D20 flight. And that's 15 plus two. So that's 17. 17. Which is a task for which success would be incredible or impressive. Uh, Comes back with multiple so, <laughs> so we're going to dictate that that means that he has an incredible success. So yeah, he vanishes in, poof, and then grabs that thing and is gone. Nobody notices him. 
He doesn't even show one security camera. Just <laughs> nothing. Just yeah, the security camera would just see a chicken slide and disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Cuts back to Mikey with the lady. She's like, "We've got this one." And he goes, "Is it twenty five cents?" <laughs> she goes, "Just take it. Just go. Just go. Just go. Get out of my store." <laughs> so uh, Mikey saunters out of it with a little the grin on that shitting grin on his face with the the lollipop in his mouth and goes. The taste of success. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jack is like has found what he was looking for in his backpack, which was the M eighties. Oh, and yeah, and Lou pops up right beside you, Jack. Because here it is. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank and you. I brought rolls <laughs> <laughs> and mashed potatoes and greens. <laughs> He's brought you a whole here. dinner. <laughs> You go ahead and eat those. I'm not. I'm. I'm good right now. I will eat them. <laughs> this is just going crazy. This is not how I imagined a chicken heist would be. <laughs> the chicken heist. I wasn't expecting to use the phrase chicken heist today, but here we are. <laughs> I think this is the first chicken heist we've done on our Fortunes Untold podcast, and I'm very impressed with the way we did it. So yeah, he's gonna tuck the container i hope the chickens well the chickens probably not even in a bag no no it's he got one of the ones that had already been done so it's okay. like in the, the black bottom uh clear plastic okay yeah he's gonna tuck that into his backpack <laughs> and uh wait for for mikey to come out <laughs> all right so you are bechickened what are you gonna do bechickened. well once uh once mikey is shown back up all right good this i i, I hope this will help let's go so Mikey's just like, okay, cool. And we're going to head for uh, Mary Sloan's house. All right. You can go there. And it's not unusual to see kids on bikes out in this neighborhood. You know, regular old, like, working class neighborhood. So, so I mean, I'm assuming I kind of picture this as being, like, brick houses, single story. Definitely, you know, like, yeah, like, one story ranch, you know, post-war. Little, you know, fenced in backyard, kind of very... uh very picturesque, or at least it would be if it wasn't an economic decline. Right, yeah, this this is totally like a Hollywood street with a bunch of the trees hanging over and all that. Exactly. All right, so we're going to bike up to her house. Is there any, any signs of, of activity around her house? Any Like, is her boyfriend hanging out there or anything? <laughs> you know? Are you kidding me, man? He's trying to find a new scoop <laughs> for the local one sheet. <laughs> for, for his newsletter. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say that just... In a generic sense, no, there's nobody. If you start trying to do like crazy things, we'll make you have your, your you'll do your skill rolls and failure will indicate that there is somebody around. But. Gotcha. Uh, so I'm going to look. So Jack is going to look for a gate or anything that leads to the backyard. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I absolutely picture this is one of the place that it does. It has a wooden fence that goes to the, that's halfway down the sides, meets the neighbors, and there's a, a gate on one side that takes you into their small backyard. So yeah, he's going to look around. He's going to try and unlatch the gate. Yeah, no problem. And, and hustle Mikey. Sharon Hollow is a picturesque little town, man. Nobody's nobody's Nobody scared of anything. Gates. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So Mikey, he gets in and he pulls his bike in, puts it to the side, and he's like, we need to do this quietly and quickly. And yeah, set the prop the bikes up, you know, out of sight, but up where they're, they're easily available for a quick getaway. Right. <laughs> and, uh, Wait, how are we going to get in? We're not going inside if we don't have to. Oh. Breaking into her house. Oh. But uh, let's see what's back here first. If this thing's around, maybe there's, I don't know, pieces of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey pulls out his Polaroid camera. He's looking for evidence. And yeah, I guess we'll. So I mean, we're we talking—is it well kept? Is it kind of overgrown? No, is it's it, it's a standard suburban backyard. You know, there's a small little. It's it's been mowed recently. Maybe it's a little shaggy, but nothing crazy. Uh, there's a little small concrete patio where there's a, a barbecue grill. It's very generic, of course. Creepily so. Exactly. <laughs> small shed in the back uh, back wall that may end up containing like some random garden tools or something. Mikey, look around. See if you can find anything. If you see anything, you come get me. I want to check out the shed. So Mikey's going to use his investigative skills. He's going to try and... He's looking for... He's actually looking for tracks, anything like that. Like anything heavy-footed, any sign of bones or anything like that. <laughs> what does a, what does Matigo scat look like? <laughs> <laughs> 
All I right. can tell by the weight of this Matico poop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll your roll your brains check. That's an eleven. Okay, that's not bad. So you're looking through the backyard. You're like, this is just like a backyard. I don't know. It's very boring. What is there? And then you you as you're looking on the ground, you notice what look like furrows, maybe like four long, deep furrows. Jack, what? I've got Matago signs here. <laughs> well, while you're looking, what is Jack looking for? In the- Jack is going to uh, pop open the shed, and he's going to kind of rummage through, and he's going to look and see if there's just anything out of place. I mean, okay, you know, he's expecting standard garden tools and, you know, like a push mower maybe. and that's Right, what, some pots. But, but yeah, anything that just doesn't fit in with what he thinks should be in a standard garden shed. I mean... Beheaded chickens, ritual <laughs> implements, dark right. books of dark magic. You know, the normal things you keep there. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, why don't you roll a brains check also? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not my weakest stat, but... <laughs> but it ain't my hottest. <laughs> Pretty much. It's going to be a D8. I got a six. Okay. So That oh. actually works well, because I was going to go ahead and give you this one. Uh, you find an empty chicken cage. Hmm. You know, small wooden chicken wire like all around single, it. Yeah, like a like little sink, like... Like and, and like like a like a cage you could move around like a coop or anything, just like a small right. No, just yeah, like I say, just one big enough for probably one chicken that would have just been able to to move around. Like farmers would transport them. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Hmm. Interesting. Look around. If there's nothing else, he's gonna go see what Mikey's <laughs> is whisper yelling about. While, while he's he he comes up to the door, Mikey like uh, like opens the door behind him and goes, Jack! So uh, as they're about to, like, one's leaving, one's going, he goes, Jack, I found some... Because ah! <laughs> we're, we're both tense. <laughs> he takes a swing at Mikey before he's like, oh, oh wait, that's the brother. <laughs> oh, wait, I maybe I should go ahead and punch him. <laughs> what? I, Do I found that. something. I found some furrows. Furrows? Like rabbits? No, furrows. <laughs> okay. And so he takes you over, shows you all the marks are on the ground, and basically he's like, these are big. I don't... I found a chicken cage. Did you find a chicken? No. I don't... I don't like this. Chicken was a good choice to grab. <laughs> and Mikey, as you, uh, as you look around, you can look at the... You're near one of the, the edges of the, the fenced-in backyard... At the top of the fence, there are some fresh uh, scratches at the top of it. At the top of the fence? Yeah. How high is this fence? It's not crazy high. It's only maybe like four or five feet. It's not a privacy fence. But five feet. Still. Yeah, it's still pretty big. He points up the... He goes, look over here. I, I don't like this. Um, my jack's kind of looking around. We need to go inside. Yeah, I, I, yeah. We need evidence to make sure that right. she knows what to do. Hang on. He, he walks over to. The, I'm assuming there's a back door and the, you know, yeah, there's a like sliding, storm door or something. Right, yeah, there's a, probably a sliding glass door so you can go into the. Okay. And uh, I'll try the. He's gonna try the door first, just to make see if anybody you know left their their back door unlocked while doing dark magic. <laughs> you know what? I don't really know what to do there. Let's go ahead and just roll a uh, d6, even or odd. Even. Yeah, odd. it's. I was, no, oh, I was, oh, oh, sorry. I no, was a roll off. No, no, no. I was rolling to just arbitrarily decide, and I, I should have said, but yeah, I was going to say odd. It was locked. Even it wasn't. Even. Hey. Slides right open. Well, at least I didn't have to break the glass. Because <laughs> he was thinking he was going to have to root around for a crowbar in his backpack, <laughs> you know. So, Mikey takes out his flashlight and, like, walks on in. Mikey. Careful. And, yeah, so we're going to go in and I guess sweep the house and see you know do we, do we find a pentagram scrawled <laughs> in chicken blood absolutely <laughs> yes that's that's what they've they've moved the coffee table out of the way <laughs> and there's a dark altar <laughs> <laughs> big big uh, head of baphomet mounted on the wall right and, yeah uh-huh. <laughs> okay how many different things was she trying to summon <laughs> yes <laughs> All of them. We've wandered into Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> nah. Step in. Yeah, there's no, like I said, there's no, no ritual altar or anything like that. Just... 
Oh, come on. No buckets of blood. Um, well, Mikey would probably take point at this one. And he's looking around. Um, what, do, what do we see when, we, when he walks in there? What are, we, what are we looking at in the house? It's just a very generic uh, ranch-style home. So you're in the living room. And probably over to the right would be like... They say the, the kitchen and, and maybe like a little bit more area, maybe so far as to have a small dining room of some sort and probably a probably a door to a basement. And then over to the left side would be the hallway that would have the bedrooms and bathrooms and all that stuff. Okay. So I guess he's he's gonna head over to the hallway with the like the closed bedroom doors and look around would I roll brains for that to like do some investigative stuff you don't really need to roll this game's not very rule roll heavy okay so if you're doing something like this you're just kind of generically assumed to be doing it and unless there's some huge consequence for failure or success so in this case now you're just walking in and opening doors and this is a it's probably a three-bedroom house kind of small uh but she has repurposed at least the first room that you open up into an office some kind she's a librarian it's got a library there's books there's a there's shelves there's a little writing desk books on that okay so i think that would be the room mikey would gravitate to (laughs) he's gonna slide in there and look on the table check things out and jack is just kind of hovering close because he doesn't He's he's worried, you know. <laughs> uh, probably the the backpack has unzipped itself, and the lutein has popped its head out of the uh, the back of the backpack and is leaning over your shoulder, <laughs> checking out what we're doing. Yeah, but isn't isn't running around on his own? Yeah, did not split the party. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, point of fact, yeah, I'll just give you that that you're not there. There is a big book on the desk oh. that does not look like regular. It doesn't look like a, a generic uh, biography of Abraham Lincoln or anything. <laughs> so that's what she wants you to think she reads. Actually, all of those books are like Harlequin romance novels. Daniel Every Steel. single book in this in this Just, just with a different uh, co- uh, book sleeve on the front. There you go. <laughs> uh, Her private shame. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is the movie stereotype. Oh, this is an old book. It's mm. big. It's brown. It's got old pages. Leather bound. Yep. And you can flip it over to the front and the front. Uh, please forgive my mangled statements is Myths is Myths a Histoire du Grand Lac. Mikey, t- Mikey turns to Jack and goes, this is French. Okay. And. I... And. <laughs> That's about all I know. <laughs> it's like. I guess Mikey's going to open it. <laughs> well, did uh, did maybe Jack take high school French? You know what? How about a brains roll? Sounds good. Let's see if, let's see if that's true. <laughs> Jack took high school French. He was fancy like that. No. <laughs> I rolled a one. So you took it, but all you know how to say is, I do not know how to speak French. <laughs> You're uh, Yeah. Uh, well, go ahead and take an adversity token. <laughs> all right. And then, yeah, you're just like, hmm. Mon frere. That means uh, that means brother in French. I don't know how I know that. I took Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> baguette, baguette, croissant. That's all the French I know. La poisson, la poisson. <laughs> hey, when did the Little Mermaid come out? <laughs> I think it's probably appropriate. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> so so Mikey starts flicking through the book. Okay, you flip through. There, there's just a bunch of pages, and it is. It's it's all a bunch of old like. It's musty. It's old type, but I mean, it's all in French. Maggie yeah. doesn't speak French, so until you eventually hit one section, which has a couple of loose leaf pages jammed into it, with uh, handwritten notes all over them. Oh, can you read these? Are these in French? Uh, <laughs> these are not in French. <laughs> these are, in fact, in uh, the, hand, the librarian's handwriting, ah. and they look like they kind of line up with the page that they've been stuffed into. Okay, and the they look like they may be translation notes. And oh. the translation says, Spell of Prosperity and Wealth. So mm. Mikey's going to start reading this page. Like, he, he, he thinks, Goldmine. Right. So, yeah, so you read through it, and there's a couple of little, like, sketches of circles with little weird symbols on them. There are lists of things that look like they're ingredients. So it's things like, you know, two Yanks hemlock and things like that, just like random little ingredients. And then at the end in uh, no, in, in bold letters with a couple of underlines is summon the Matago. <laughs> Q 
Cue dramatic music. <laughs> dun, uh, dun, dun. So, like, Mikey just turns around to, to Jack and goes, this is how she did it. This is how she did it. And, like, he turns to the next page to see if there's an unsummoning spell, <laughs> and it's... A, I guess he sees only more French. Yeah, I was going to say, it's more French. Is, is Jack looking at this too? Or are you just like... Yeah, oh, I mean, I'm sure he, after Mikey says that, he comes right there and same thing. He kind of stands over his shoulder. So, yeah, you see the same pages with the same notes. And then, yeah, right at the end, summon the Matago. Well, like, how... Okay. It was the, the librarian the whole time. And Jack's looking around. Did she have any notes on getting rid of it? No, this is all she's written is how to summon it. And, and Lou is looking over and goes, No, these pages do not show how to remove, how to banish the Matigo, only how to bring it. Maybe she's, maybe she's got something somewhere else. Maybe it's a different book. And right about then, you hear a low, deep growl. Oh, no. And Jack spins and, like, does the. Does the thing he puts the, a hand on Mikey and kind of pushes him <laughs> behind him? You know, it sounds like it's coming from further in the house, but you hear boom, 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 like something large is walking slowly through the house. Uh, and Jack uh, pulls his backpack around and starts and opens it up and starts rummaging. Mikey, we've got to go now. My, uh, Mikey, at this point, is like he's still holding the book. And he just turns around and he's like, I don't, uh, uh. Jack grabs Mikey and he starts heading for the door. He's Mm -hmm. going to try and get, at least get Mikey out of the, out of the house. Assuming there's not like a window he can shove him through. There is a small window in the room. So, So, uh, Mikey, go out, get out. When we look at through the door is the, Mm -hmm. all right. So, okay. Yeah. So what is, what is Mikey doing? Well, it's, um, Mikey's like, he kind of shrugs you off because he's like, listen, like, it's 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 here. The mana goes here. We can stop it. We can stop it now. I have the book. And right then, a head looks around the side of the door. It looks like it looks sort of like a cat. But have you seen those old medieval paintings of cats where mm. it's like they've kind of half-assed a painting of a cat? <laughs> like, you're like, have you ever seen one of these things before? <laughs> it's it's weirdly flat, and it's kind of it, it's all like black fur. And strange knotted muscles and just slightly oversized paws on really kind of bony hand, bony uh, legs. And it steps and it looks at the two of you and it growls. Mikey, run. So Mike actually runs to the door and slams the door shut. It's in the door. It's in the door. Say, oh, yeah, the door like, if you're doing that, you're running under its legs. Okay, wait, it's not going to do that. So, um,. So Mikey runs for the window. Okay. And Jack is going to try and put himself between it and and Mikey. All right. So Mikey, go ahead and make a flight check okay. to, to quickly dash out before this thing can manage to get manage to do whatever it is it's going to do. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got a two plus my one for flight, which Ooh. makes me get a three. <laughs> so I guess... What, what does well, mean? I'm going to have it roll. It's, um, let's see, what are we going to say that is? Um, I could say either brawn or flint. I'm going to say brawn because okay. it's just going to try and lunge at you quickly. And it's got a decent brawn. It's got a D10, but it's not unmanageably fast. Oh, I rolled a one. Oh, I lucked out. Oh, wow. You lucked out so freaking hard. So on that one, it tries and fails miserably to lunge at Mikey. So yeah, so Mikey bolts out the window and it turns. And I'll go ahead and just give you this one for free. It doesn't look at Mikey. It looks at the book. Mm. And so when Mikey and the book go out the window, it, it snarls and starts to leap for that. Uh, Jack is going to try and essentially body block it okay and just and and give mikey time to get away because jack doesn't jack's in here alone with this thing he doesn't think he can get through the window right yeah because you're much bigger and the window's not particularly huge and so he's uh, he's essentially going to try and shoulder block this thing and knock it out of the way and at least maybe free up his path to the door or give mikey time to get away okay so that's that's 100 going to be your grit and we're still going to say that's still it's bronze so it's still only a d10 i got a d20 for grit 
Um, <laughs> that's an eight. An eight? Well, I rolled a three. Yes. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it lunges and you step in front of it and it collides with you and man, it hurts. Oh. It's, this is like, oh, I haven't been speared like that since, since the last time I was in a, uh, the semifinals. <laughs> and yeah, you tumble, it tumbles, everyone falls, but Mikey is out the window. All right, and you just hear Jack yelling, run! No, Mikey can't just abandon his brother. It's not going to happen. Um, so, uh, so yeah, as the two of you are kind of clattered to the ground, it stands up and shakes slightly and then leaps to try and go out the window. It's going to have most of the same problem that Jack did. This window <laughs> is kind of small, and it kind of isn't. Because right. this thing probably is a good, like, five feet long before tail, mm. and it, it's muscled. And so it's it's trying to scrabble out the window, but it's not it's slow about it. Well, that given given that's the case, that should buy to Jack's mind at least it should buy Mikey enough time to run. So Jack is actually going to bolt out of the room. Um, well, he's going to while digging through his uh, through his backpack, he's going to bolt out of the room and try and head out of the house. He's trying to get out of here. Okay, so are you going to go into? There's the backyard, which is where this this was on the back wall. I should have described that earlier, but to explain, you know, this is in the back mm-hmm. of the house. So the window leads into the backyard with the fence, and then so you can either run back through the sliding glass door, or you can run through the front door to get out into the front yard. Well, without Jack knowing the exact layout of the house, and he knows the route to the back door, the sliding glass door is clear and it's open. Right. He's just going to go that way because it's the fastest way he can get out of the house. All right. And so to his mind, that's clear path. He's just running for it. Sounds good. And Mikey, you yeah, you managed to be a squirrely little kid, and you shoot out that window no problem. And you turn around just to see the the matter go. Like it slams into the window, but it's trying to like wiggle itself out through there. So it's it's snarling and it's snapping, and those big claws are, are swiping around, but it's not out yet. Um, Mikey's gonna he. he he, he's worried about Jack. Like he's uh, so he's he's realized that Jack's either in there, um, but it probably didn't have enough chance chance to attack him. So he's gonna maybe try and give it some give it, grab its attention because he thinks it's stuck in the window. <laughs> um, so he's gonna be like, "Ah, you dumb cat, Matago!" And he's gonna pick up the book. Uh, well, he's already got the book. He's gonna chuck the book at it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh... Would that be fight? <laughs> yeah, let's say that's fight. Okay. Uh, chuck away, man. <laughs> I can't see anything that could possibly go wrong with this plan. So uh, we'll say the, the Matigo, this is going to be its uh, its grit. I'm going to say that's probably its next highest stat. Probably its fight is its highest. And then I'll probably say its grit, and then its brawl. Okay. So this is going to be its D12. But okay. I am going to give it a penalty because it's wedged in a window. Awesome. So let's say let's say give us another minus two. What did I got a ten? It got a ten minus two for an eight. Oh, nice. Okay, so you hit it with the book, which uh, if I'm reading this correctly, with their combats, the way it works is the since there's just one roll for the entire fight. Yeah, you kind of dictate this. You've beaten it by two, so you've beaten it by a little bit. You're not like you haven't. Certainly, haven't killed it or anything, but but you've you've bopped it on the nose with the book, <laughs> startled it for a second, right? Yeah, startled it, make it slow down, maybe in a, in D and D terms, maybe give it a little like um, subdual damage sort of thing. Yeah, the character succeeds, but not impressively. Uh, any benefit the character gains would be quite limited if present at all. So yeah, you bonk it, it it like flinches, it stops for a little bit. So I'll, I'll dictate what that means is. You can position yourself in the yard the way you want, and that'll give Jack plenty of time to burst into the backyard. Okay. So the two of you can kind of set your scene a little bit before it it gets out, and it's absolutely getting out. Okay, so you're coming round. I'm coming back out of the sliding glass doors. Yeah, you see, you see Jack charge out. So I'm trying to think of where I, where I would position myself. Uh, if Mikey's determined to fight to help to help Jack um, he's gonna I think he'd either maybe either go for the with all the tools and the tools and the, the shed and the shed yeah like, there, I, I mean I, there's definitely like rakes and hammer or rakes and hammers and shovels and all maybe that. a pair of shears or something like yeah, that yeah so, all that stuff is in there um, so he's gonna bump for the 
bolt for the shed and see what he can grab to to help Jack with. And he's gonna be like, Jack, get out! So he's he's running he's running towards the shed and taking Mikey, off. I told you to run. Well, technically, he's running. Well, technically, yeah. I'm not leaving you, Jack. All right, so yeah, you you've managed to to get over there easily. That's about the time the Matago will get out the window, but you have managed to make it to the shed with the door open, so you can see the various and sundry like tools that are in there, and probably even get your hands on one if you want. Cool. Should I roll for which tool I grab? Nah. <laughs> from what I can tell from this game, like your weapons don't really do like a shovel doesn't do a d6, and a pair of shears do a d4 stab or anything. Yeah. It's just once you have them, they kind of narratively help you describe what you're going to do. So. Cool. Uh, you pick up a copper. You you pick up a, a terracotta pot, or you pick up a chainsaw. You're gonna be doing the same damage. <laughs> a terracotta chainsaw. <laughs> there you um, go. So that's that's what you you manage to do. So Jack, you're also out, and you can position yourself the way you want to. Well, he's gonna see Mikey go charging across the thing, and he doesn't. I assume he hasn't seen the Matago yet. So, oh, you, no, you, you can see it. Like, okay, it it's so not it's, hard to see this thing halfway out a window, snarling and okay, making I wasn't sure noise. from the perspective I was at if I could see it. Yeah, once you dash out the the sliding glass door, like I said, it's halfway out a window that also leads into the back of the the yard. And the yard is fully fenced in all the way around. So you see it, like, scrabbling out and gotcha. like, starting to slowly wiggle its way out. All right, so Jack is going to uh, reach in his backpack where, he, you know, he pulled it off, and he's going to pull out the chicken. Okay. Which he is stuffed with the M80s. <laughs> and uh, he's, he, you know, he's pulled it out. He's pulled the chicken out. He's looked at the Matago and he, uh, I guess I want to try and light it. Do you have any matches? Um, Are those in are those your kind backpack? Those handyman tools? <laughs> Afraid not. Um, no. I, okay. Jack does not have any matches. All right. Well, there's a I'm... flaw in my cutting plan. <laughs> I have made a slight mistake. <laughs> All right, so what? That's. I, I will say yes. You get the chicken out. The chicken is stuffed full of firecrackers, and then that's when you pause, which gives the Matigo enough time to burst out, and it clears the backyard pretty handily. So now, Mikey, you're in that back corner with the shed. Yeah. The Matigo is looking at you, and behind it is Jack, who's fiddling with a chicken. <laughs> and going, who's having lunch right now. <laughs> I need matches. I don't have any damn matches. Um, so this is the point where Mikey turns to Lou and says, how do we banish this? How do we banish this? You can't banish it. You didn't summon it. And Mikey's eyes go wide. Like, I could have used this information <laughs> so much longer ago. And it's kind of the one thing where he turns around and he's got a rake. <laughs> he turns around and he kind of like, he's looking at Lou and he goes, what do you need? And then the, the, what Jack saying clicks into his head. He goes, what do you need matches for? You've got a chicken. Just give me matches if you have any matches. I don't have time to explain. So I want to ask a question. I've got a skill as prepared. And it says with two tokens, um, I can like basically find one commonplace item. Um, I have three. I have earned some tokens. May spend two adversity tokens to just happen to have one commonplace item with you. I'm going to give you these two okay. tokens. I'm going to have. A roll of matches, Wick, which, Wick, which I picked up at the diner. Great. Ah. Yes, you have some Joe's Diner matches that you just fiddled with and happened to stuff in your bag maybe two months ago. Lou, can you find the matches in my bag? <laughs> Lou goes, I will look. And then he reaches over and he pulls out the box of matches. He goes, uh, so he grabs them and he just full on chucks them at Jack. The Matigo is slowly advancing. It, it looks at you... Honestly, you're thinking this thing's probably intelligent, and it looks a little malicious because it's looking at you slowly, like it really, like it knows what it's about to do to you, and it's going to take its time and enjoy this. Uh, oh, crap. it's savoring this. Yeah. Mike, he's shaking. Like he's got it, and he's like, he's like doing the whole jabbing out, <laughs> but it's a rake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you throw those matches. Do I have to roll to catch them? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Good, because I probably that would probably be flight, and I suck at that. <laughs> So uh, in that case, yeah, Jack is going to grab him out of the air. And now comes the, the striking of the matches thing. Like, how many right. matches are in the box? So now we're going to have a mass roll off. Again, I'm not sure if that's how this works, but we're going to say that's the system. So we're going to have all three of you go all at once to kind okay. of dictate the story. All right. So the Matagos attack is going to be, or action, is going to be that it's going to lunge at uh, 
at Mikey. That's going to be its fight. Okay. And then, Jack, it sounds like yours are going to be to light the chicken. Uh, yes. <laughs> First thing I'm going to do is light the chicken. Okay. Um, what's your full action? What's your full plan? So his intention is we know this thing likes chicken, apparently. That's like it's, I guess it's sacrifice functionally. Right. So the plan is is to light the chicken and essentially distract it with the chicken, either bringing it more to towards Jack and then throwing it off to the side or just throwing it past it so that it goes after it instead of uh, Mikey, at least for the moment. Okay. And Mikey, you got a rake. What's your plan, buddy? My plan is to defend myself with a rake. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um... Might I suggest backing into the shed at least? Well, even a defensive like, position? I, I feel like I'm already in like well, I don't think it's enough. a particularly big shed. Backing <laughs> into the shed just makes me in, closer into a death trap. Right, yeah. You're you're very close to the door. <laughs> Alright, so that I think that's gonna be Mikey's grit. Jack's You said you're gonna try and get its attention. Well, um Yeah, I mean I'm essentially going to probably Hurl, I'm going to hurl the chicken at it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, to hurl the chicken like in front of it or above it, because I figure my thinking is it's a cat. I mean, yes. it's a malicious, evil, magical cat, but it's a cat. But it's a cat. And if you've ever thrown anything over a cat, their immediate instinct is to leap for it. Right. And I'm hoping that holds true ah. <laughs> with malicious, evil fairy cats. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, that still looks like it's probably going to be. I'm, I'm thinking that's still probably fight. Okay. Um, because I know normally sometimes in some games it's like strength for a combat, dex for ranged combat, but it doesn't look like flight ever deals with that. It just says it's like how skilled at evading and how fast you are. So I'm still going to say that's probably fight. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're going to have the Madagos fight, Jack's fight, and Mikey's grit all roll off. And we're going to kind of just see who gets the highest and we'll puzzle it out from there. So I'm going to roll my fight, which is a d20. So if you got any way to make your rolls count, you might want to do that now. I've got an adversity token I'm throwing in on my I'm fight. I'm throwing in mine too. I'm okay. rolling a d6 here. So Ooh. I'm rolling a d8. D8. All right. Well, that's, that's not a terrible chance. Well. Um, well, actually, I did really well, but it's on a d6. I got a six. That explodes. So that explodes plus my adversity token. All right. So that's six from the initial die, five from my second roll, one from my adversity token, and one from being a teenager. Okay. <laughs> so that's a 12. That's I think. a that's 13. 13. I can't count. I can't math. <laughs> okay. I got a six plus my adversity token. Makes me a seven. <laughs> Bad news, almost everyone. <laughs> It got an eight, oh, which is real bad on a D20, and I'm a little bummed. <laughs> so, But it's still better than a seven. I guess to tease this out, Jack definitely succeeds at what he wants to do, because that was an awesome roll. <laughs> uh, the Lutine beats Mikey, but it doesn't... You mean the Matigo? Yes, the Matigo. <laughs> sorry. The Lutine, surprise, ha-ha. It's a double agent. No, the Matigo, yes, uh, beats uh, Mikey. So you were going to try and distract it with a chicken. Yep. I'm going to rule that it actually does lunge and it hits Mikey and it, it barely scratches you. It does some damage to you. Okay. So uh, if, if this keeps going on for a while, like I'm, I might start applying a penalty to you that you cool. are scratched up. So you're scratched across the chest, but you're not like destroyed or, or yeah. savaged. You're just, you're, Oh, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like he's, he's bleeding. Right. But yes, you like this chicken. <laughs> Dynamite chicken. That's right. And then you you said you're going to... I'm essentially going to hurl it like right over its head, like across from the shelf. I'm not trying to hurl it at Mikey. Okay. But I'm uh, I said, I'm hoping that, that we know this thing likes chicken, at least according to the book. And it's a cat, so I'm hoping it goes after the chicken. Okay. So yeah, you... You grab this thing like it's a football, reach back, and just summon all the power that you can of the uh, the Sharon Hollow. What did we say your team was? The, the His glory days. That's right. <laughs> My glory days. They were called the, I wrote this down actually. The, the Sharon Hollow. Uh, the Sharon Hollow Grizzlies. The oh, Sharon yeah. Hollow. Yep. You just like, like a grizzly of, the, of yore, you hurl this thing in a perfect spiral, and the Matigo turns and sees it and roars and leaps at it. 
That's exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> and yeah, and it starts to tear into this chicken. And right about then, there's the dramatic... <laughs> boom! <laughs> now, I'm hoping that did something. Uh, well, we're going to say, like, because you got it so highly, because you, you beat it by, what, five, six? Something like uh, that? I beat its roll by five. Yeah, so that means you inflicted... A lot of damage on this thing. I'm just gonna go ahead and say uh, that. Yeah, this is gonna be have an off screen. Like, like the the camera is gonna pan to the two of you after it lunges on it, and then there's gonna be the explosion, and the, your two characters kind of wince. And yeah, you just you killed it <laughs> in a messy, messy off screen manner. That's right. Well, and Jack's going to look at, at the uh, the lutein. I may not be able to banish it. But I can kill it <laughs> in you know true movie quip fashion, of yeah. course. And then he's going to run over and check on Jack or on Mikey. Okay. <laughs> Mikey gets up and goes, uh, "Mikey, are you all right? Uh, Hold still. I'll, I'll survive. I think." Yeah, uh, your 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 trench coat is ruined, and there, there's a lot of blood there. You're <laughs> you're bleeding pretty heavy. Um, yeah, Jack is going to start like tearing off strips of cloth and trying to like kind of make temporary bandages, sort of bind his wounds. Um, all right, and while he's doing this, I realize that Glutine has another ability. Okay. I have control over. So I'm going to spend one of the psychic tokens, or the power tokens. All right. Glutine can, is able to heal by touching. It is. I forgot I gave you that. Okay, <laughs> well, there's, you've got your two options. You can either spend one token, and you will roll its, we'll say, brains okay. to make a heal check, or you could just spend two, and it'll automatically succeed. At this point, I think I want to spend two, because it's his little brother. Right. He doesn't know how bad he's hurt. He just knows he's bleeding and was just hit by a giant evil cat thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I picture it as sort of like E.T. You know, Lutein gets glowy fingered and glowy hands. He goes, help. <laughs> Touches me, and I say, well, one thing for certain... Matago goes to pieces for chicken. <laughs> oh. Don't give up your uh, conspiracy career for one in marketing. Uh, and I'm and that you know I'm guessing it heals up Mikey and you know a burst of light or something yes. similarly there's dramatic. A, there's a small glow and then he pulls his hand back and there there are no scratches although the the shirt's still torn. Yeah, can't replace that. But you know, <sighs> if Mom asks, you fall off your bike. <laughs> let's let's get out of here. Is Jack looks at Lutein. Is it? dead it is dead you have killed the Ma- the matago <sighs> Ch- mikey does the jump up there we won i'm going to go home and have a nervous breakdown <laughs> wait we just set off a bunch of m80s in a small neighborhood <laughs> come on <laughs> it's time to run <laughs> yeah and then we realize eyes get wide and we go bolting for our bikes <laughs> taking off down the hill he goes uh, well that chicken definitely had some explosive flavor <laughs> If you are within arm's reach, Mikey, <laughs> and I, th- I think we might uh, we might call the uh, the game there, having successfully defeated the Matago. But yeah, as you're pedaling furiously down the road, the uh, the camera is panning down slowly. <laughs> Mikey just keeps making bad jokes. <laughs> I can live with that. <laughs> That's a good ending. <laughs> so our review of Kids on Bikes ends not with a whimper, but with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> And chicken bits. That's right. <laughs> chicken and Matago bits everywhere. <laughs> well, she's gonna. It's gonna be interesting when the librarian gets home. <laughs> she might be a bit like relieved. Oh, I'm sure, but now she's got to dispose of a Matago carcass, assuming it doesn't fade away. You know. <laughs> but that is her problem and not yours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exploded Matago everywhere. And probably a noise complaint from the neighbors. Yep. <laughs> All right. So let's talk. Uh, let's let's. Do what we do, and let's review this thing. We'll break it down. First off are experience points. Experience points in this game are real easy. You don't get them. What? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Looking through the book, it seems like your characters... Well, I guess probably that that it is not... Because it's not designed for long-term campaign gaming. Okay. Uh, Your characters... Your stats aren't hard and fast. Like, a, a D10 brawn does not mean you can lift X pounds, and a D20 flight doesn't mean you can run Y meters per second or anything. It just means that's what you're best at. Yeah. And, and you're, you're not comparing yourself against others. Your best is just your best. Okay. <laughs> and so you're special. Exactly. So your character might be allowed to shuffle things around, uh, in based on things that happen in the game. So like if you're, if Mikey 
were to roll and get uh, really injured by the Matago, you might argue that uh, you might want to say that you want to shuffle around your stats after the end of it. And so maybe put more into your grit and define it as, as Mikey kind of like gets a little harder, a little hard edged. Uh, so he, he gets a little tougher, but maybe at the expense of maybe he's not as charming or whatever. Or like his flight goes down or yeah. right, you know. yeah. something like that happens. Something happens to change him. Or maybe the GM can agree that, uh, that maybe, uh, Jack decides, oh, well, you know, like I, I, my, my little brother would have died if I hadn't been ready. So maybe he's going to start getting the prepared strength. And the GM might just arbitrarily say, you know what? That makes sense. That's a good way to reward your character for, for that thinking. Go ahead and take that strength. Just add that to your character. So there's no real progression rules. It's just, again, discussion, collaborative right. discussion functionally. Cool. Right. And it seems like, like a lot of the stuff in this game, it seems like it's kind of up to the players. Like mm-hmm. you can suggest things for your character. You can suggest things for other people's characters. The GM, like it, it seems like it's really built for you. You all kind of hang out at the table and make your call. Hmm. All right, yeah. makes sense. On that note, I mean, let's. Uh, so, you know, we we've sort of discussed that. So, what? Uh, I mean, what critical success wise then? I mean, you know, Dave, really, for you, let's start with you since you ran it. I mean, you know, Fair what enough. do you what do you think it uh, it really succeeded at? The thing I really think it succeeded at was like we had. I think we had mentioned this on air. We may have just mentioned it off air, but I think it does exactly what it sets out to do with the rules. They, they let you tell the story of a group of kids like the Goonies or the Scooby gang from Buffy. It, it nails the feeling of that sort of storyline. I'd agree with that. I mean, I think, uh, you know, when you go through with the, you know, the motivations and how you're, you're kind of connected to the other players to, to give you that sort of group feel, uh, I think that helps with role playing. I think I, I I agree with that. I think that's probably its biggest strength is genre emulation. Yeah, it's you know it's set out to do a thing, and it, I mean it succeeds at it. As far as that goes, it really, I think I agree. I think it really nails that. I'll yeah. agree with that too. I felt like it was very, it it was clear cut on the way you guys interact with each other. Even the way when you were building in the beginning, how your connection to that person was. Mm-hmm. It gave you a kind of flushed out view and some history. Yeah, it gives right. you a reason to be in this gang of kids who are riding around on bikes investigating weird things yeah. in their town, uh, which is nice. I mean, right. and I think that it was quick. But yeah, I think probably its biggest single success was was that, was just genre emulation. Yeah. Uh, another thing, unless one of you guys has a different thing that you're going to say, I, another thing I think that I like about it is resolution is fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like once, like, especially with the combat, it kind of comes into stark relief because like, like I said, you make one roll and you're like, okay, whole combat's done. Let's go. Let's keep telling story. The math is in twins. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, you don't get bogged down with, okay, well I got a plus one from this and a minus four for that and a this and a that. And okay. And I swung and all right, I did four hit points. What's his total? It's, mm-hmm. No, you just, you roll, you say it and you keep telling that, that story. Yeah. And I, I, that's. I and mean, I think that's a strength if that's what you're you're into. It could be a little bit of a weakness if you don't have people that are good at thinking on their feet. Yeah. Because uh, it does sort of require both the players and the GM to kind of be on top of it to keep things moving. Yeah. It feels like because you don't have that sort of bulwark of the rules to to help you. It's like, oh, well, what do I do? Uh, well, the rules say I can do this. Well, in this game, it's kind of on you, which is a good thing as well, but... You know, it's, uh, I think it very much, it's a preference. Right. Yeah. Cause this one, I mean, it didn't even seem to have like initiatives or anything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you're, if you don't have a clear vision of what's going on there, there's not a crutch for you. Yeah. Yeah. That could, and for some groups I could see that being a problem, but for people that really buy into it, mm-hmm. that's probably perfect. I really like the character creation and character sheet, as per usual. Um, <laughs> I think it's really simple, uh, basic. I wouldn't say the character sheet's the most stunning element of it, but I would say that for what it sets itself out to do for the simplicity of it, look, you've got all your stats in front of you and the six boxes, you've got your name, everything else. Basically, I spent most of my time on this looking at the character sheet, my backpack, and my abilities. Yeah, I love the little neat touch of there's an actual backpack yeah. on your character yeah. sheet that you fill in parts of. Like, that. that's just fun. It keeps to the cheesy feel. Yeah. And uh, that's probably one of my favorite successes of this one is the fact that it does, it keeps it sweet and simple. It's something you could roll up a character. If you wanted to sit around with the family, roll up a character and play some uh, E.T. or Strange Things or... 
Goonies or I don't know why you'd be playing it with your family but if you wanted to um... I don't judge (laughs) maybe a little in that case Uh, alright well I mean now we gotta move on to the to the to the harsher part I guess Uh, critical failure Andrew why don't you start with this one I think for me the criticalness was the stats Um, fight flight brains brawn charm grit Mm -hmm. that's cool but I don't think they all perfectly like. I at certain points I didn't know which covered what. Yeah, I I will absolutely agree with that because I I like they didn't just have the standard strength dex con like they're trying to again because they're they're not trying to give you hard numbers they're just trying to give you a general vibe of what your character's good at. But like flight, flight determines how fast a character is. A character with a high flat a high flight stat will be tough to trap both physically and verbally. Well, okay, so is it like, is it your raw speed or is it your like quick wittedness to be able to like socially talk your way out of something? Like, wouldn't that be brains? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think they, I think they went with the idea of if you can make an argument for using this stat in this situation, great, use it. But I think they kind of went so far on that that it made it unclear. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, it, it almost got to the point where it's like, well, you can. They're so vague. I can make an argument as to why I can use my D twenty stat for everything. Mm-hmm. I could have used brains for a lot of stuff, but like, I think it, that's the thing is that it bleeds into other areas. Like, there's not enough. There's not enough definition for me to be comfortable with choosing stuff. There was a lot of times while we were playing, I kind of looked at you and it was kind of. It was more of a question. Like, I want to use my brains for this. Like, <laughs> it's not. I I should be able to turn and say, I'm going to use my brains, and here's why. Um, it shouldn't definitely like i guess that's where charm and i guess even flight would bleed into each other mm-hmm. like uh, and realistically if i'm having a conversation with them how fast i talk really has nothing to do right with yeah because it's like charm characters with a high charm stat will be able to talk themselves out of tough situations and into good ones characters with a high flat will be tough high flight will be tough to trap verbally this that literally feels like the same sentence just said yeah. two different ways to me yeah. so yeah i i I would agree with that. The both from from reading the book and just from in play, it seems like they could just in general. There needs to be a little more guidance on how you play the game, right? Just in general, like how do you use the stats? How do you set up an adventure? How do you do whatever? It just seems like some of that guidance for the concrete ideas of playing the game. You know, it talks about making your characters, your players comfortable and all that, which is great. Yeah. But that's not concrete guidance on playing the game itself. Yeah, I love that. I love that there is a, an actual section in this book of here's how you you and your friends get together and still stay friends, even yeah. though you're going to argue or like how to make sure that everyone is having a good time. And yeah, that's 100%. I love that that is in the book. But by the same token, it, it's a 74 page book. I don't think it would have killed them to to give us a little information because I had to pause a couple of times um, and talk off air with you guys mm-hmm. because this is not the regular game we play. Yep. You know, we're we're normally like I'm a fifth level wizard. <laughs> I'm a you know I'm a I'm a Cthulhu investigator. I'm doing whatever. So we we have adults who are competent and have their own independence and they are out doing their thing. That's a world of difference between playing a ten year old with a bike. Mm-hmm. And so I really wish they would have given us more like genre info and ways of like, okay, if you're going to be playing kids, here's the way kids usually approach a situation. Here's what you need to do in order to propel a narrative when you are 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah, There seems to be a certain assumption that if you're playing this game, you're already super familiar with the genre. And for a core rule book, that's a dangerous assumption to make. Right. And it can bog things down. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen just a good solid, like 10 to 20 page, Here's how you play kids on bikes. Here's an example. Maybe even here's a little starter adventure. Here's a couple of like genre tropes that you should probably want to try and hit. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Like here's here's how to have fun with a system that is so different from what you're probably used to. Yeah, some just a good a little bit of hand holding. A distinguisher. Just a little bit would have yeah. been would have been good. Well, and that you know, let's move on a little bit on that. Or, uh, how about the sanity check? Was there anything that just made no sense? I mean, beyond the the normal, uh, this is slightly confusing nature of a couple things we talked about. Is there anything just, why was this here to you guys? Because for me, I can't think of anything, you know, some systems we've had that 
there's a rule that just seems so bolted on it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Right. I don't feel like that Kids on Bikes really has that problem to I me. I, I can't th- I can't point to anything and said this makes no sense within the context of the rest of the system. No, honestly, that's that's another I think a point in its favor is everything. I clearly saw the reason for every rule or judgment or whatever. Like I. I thought everything in it moved forward to with the goal of letting you play this sort of game. I yeah, thought, I, yeah, I, I can't think of one. No, Andrew, I, I honestly played it through. I didn't think there was one thing that threw me too off guard. I didn't. I can't see one thing that I feel like was a complete and utter misad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it worked. I thought it worked really well, and uh, so I, I have to give them props for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all right, well. I guess that kind of brings us around to our our last thing. Save versus death. David, right. would you play this again? Or run it again for you know, depending. You know, I think I would. I, I don't know that it would be something that I would want to do long term, but I think as a beer and pretzel sort of game, like a pickup, yeah. I think once I I feel like I probably stumbled a little bit during our actual like playthrough, but I think give me a little bit of time to get comfortable with this sort of system. And to mention the other thing that we're doing as part of our review, the strange adventures book. Uh, it's got a ton of, I think it's, it's got like 20 something settings. So the Sharon hollow that, that we played in was, was picked out of that book. I said, there's like 19 others that will get you up and running quickly. Now, again, with that one, same complaint that I had with the main book, they're all like two or three pages long. Again, they really could have stood to give me a little bit more. Maybe some hooks that had a little bit more meat in them. Maybe some some of these NPC directions could have been like a, you know, here's Walt Anderson. He's a hunter in the area. Also, Walt might do this or that in the town, which could lead to him being a villain. So it was more of a collection of ideas and characters than it was like a coherent right setting. Yes. Yeah. If I had to say anything, it almost felt like a book full of uh, improv suggestions. Mm-hmm. Which, again, in a loose narrative game is great. But again, same problem. Like, you're already giving me a le- you're giving me a lean main book and a lean supplement book. I feel like one of those has to be stronger. But yeah, absolutely. Like, give me a little bit of time to, to rush this. Maybe pick up this, maybe pick up Mikey and Jack. And Jack is now working in a, you know, we age him up a little bit. Mikey's a teen. Jack's an adult. And Jack's working, doing odd jobs around town. Mikey's in like, 11th grade yeah <laughs> and and they revisit this town i would 100 percent run that and I, I think it's fun yeah i think for me i agree if i i wouldn't it's not something i think i would just pick up and say hey i'm gonna run a campaign of kids on bikes i don't think that's its strength right but if everybody were to watch stranger things or you know some of these old adventure movies and just really get the itch to play that kind of game yeah i think this would right. probably be one one of a, a handful of games, I think, that would be on the short list to say, okay, well, I know exactly what I can run, I can use to run that game. Yeah, and like if, say, Andrew is running our long-term campaign, and then occasionally we decide we need breaks or like it wraps up, and so we just want to pick up like an episode of, you know, Strange Adventures, mm-hmm. and we play the same characters over and over again. But like, is it, like I like I gave the example of Buffy, like you play a couple of episodes and then you set it down, then you pick it back up and play a couple more and do all yeah. that. I think it's, I think it's a great pickup put down. game. I would, I, I would agree with that. What about you, Andrew? Um, I, I would play it, but I would take it a different direction. If you've ever watched mm-hmm. a TV show and thought, what would I do differently? <laughs> like, how would you play this game? Like with it, I would just burn the house down. Like, like <laughs> ah, so you'd play it as self insert fanfic. Yeah. Like, like if okay. you're going to, it's as a, like as a fanfic game, you could totally, <laughs> th- this would be a wonderful thing because you wouldn't have to worry about, finding all the information to do it. It's already set in front of you. You just have to go to Sunnydale and stab Spike in the chest with a... <laughs> and call it a day. Yeah, like, how would you handle these situations? Like, it's always... I, th- I always thought... I was thinking... I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, this would be a, such a good thing to play Stranger Things and see who would actually... Um, season 2, the chubby guy who went to... You guys want... Have you got, either of you watched... I don't want to spoilers. Wait, backtrack a little. <laughs> Not going to say anything. If it's Buffy, like I, I think the statute of limitations has passed on that. <laughs> well, like, it's, um, I was just saying, like if you thought a character could survive by doing this, or if you could think like all the other things, if you think you could be that character that could change the change the game just by playing yourself, 
this might be the way to play it. Like, you know, throw <laughs> if yourself, you want to be that guy, <laughs> you throw yourself into the faculty. How would you survive it? You know, yeah. you know, honestly, I think that that might be a thing that, that kids on bikes could have legs with is licensed properties. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like Roswell or Charmed or Buffy or any of those sorts of games. Like, yeah, like say, you're like, all right, I'm going to forget that, man. I'm playing a Scooby here. Like, let's, let's, let me play that. Let me see how that works out. Yeah. Scooby Doo yeah, would be that. a great one, too. <laughs> yeah. Scooby Doo. <laughs> is your power character Scooby? Uh, Does he have the ability to like shuffle sandwiches? And uh, got, of course, Scooby's a powered a character. He's a dog who can talk. That's one of his powers, right? Yeah, like he can run in one door and come out the other. Like, yeah, dimensional travel, apparently. Yeah, I mean, you know. and the ability to eat bottom. He's got a bottomless stomach. <laughs> stomach of holding. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you know, we've landed on this. Communicate right? with Shaggy without problems. All right. Well, here you go, Andrew. We're going to play this again, and you're going to have to run Scooby Doo for us. <laughs> okay, <Uh-oh. laughs> that's going to be fun. <laughs> Well, I mean, it seems like overall we're actually pretty positive on this one. Yeah, yeah so, definitely. I mean, yeah, I had fun with it. So, yeah, I'm gonna put this one in the win category. I would agree. Yes, definitely. All right, all you uh, crazy conspiracy theorists, um, this is the game for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think for that we're gonna sign off. Yep. See y'all later. There we have another episode from Fortunes Untold. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for games we should play, please feel free to email us at fortunesuntoldpodcast at gmail.com or comment on the Fortunes Untold Facebook or Twitter. If you want to listen to some more Fortunes Untold episodes, please subscribe to us on Google Play or iTunes, and of course, at our home on the Nerds on Earth website. Thank you for listening, and roll on. Remember, kids, it's not appropriate to steal chickens. (laughs) Don't try this at home. (laughs) Not even if you do have a magical friend. (laughs) 